left my dad's coat at a show The sound man found it, don't you know It took a while for me to get it back But we stayed in touch and made each other laugh And then we found a date that fit To meet up We recorded it In a hotel That's how the blue coat diaries started Right, I'm going to intro this special episode of the Blue Coat Diaries podcast and tell you straight away, there's no Mark today. I'm recording this on a day that Mark is unfortunately ill. Get well soon, Mark. It's the first time he's missed anything, so he'll be really gutted, especially because we've got a brilliant guest. Now, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know normally we have this droid. He's called WD41. He asks the questions using AI because me and Mark don't trust ourselves to come up with any good questions. But today, because there's no Mark, that means there's no WD41. So I have had to write some questions. So I'm quite excited because I had to sit down and basically do a bit of work. I've done the work, so let's hope it pays off. Now, our guest today was born in Zambia. He studied in South Africa and Canada. He was a finalist on Britain's Got Talent in 2017. A lot of people say that is the best ever year of Britain's Got Talent. They say <laughs> of all the contestants who've ever been on, especially comedians, they said that was the creme de la creme year. That's the year that I was on the show and didn't get to the final. Uh, he's had a hit radio show called Citizen of Nowhere. He's an amazing stand-up comedian and a lovely guy. He is Deliso Chaponda. Deliso, welcome to my podcast. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm good. I mean, it's weird for me to not have Mark. I with have me. a few questions. Go. Okay. The AI, which is not the robot, which is not around, right? So, was it just it would speak the questions, or would it actually come up with the questions as well? Okay. I like the fact that you've twisted this interview immediately back on me, and now I feel like I'm being interviewed. But I'm up for it. I'm up for it. <laughs> Okay. You can't mention a robot. All right. And, and then... Here's, let, let me tell you how it happened. I watched a whole bunch of Star Wars films with my kids. And what I loved was whenever the droids spoke, whoever had the droid would then sort of interpret it. And it was just a thing. So there's no ever really any explanation. It was like R2-D2 would say something. And then Luke or Han Solo would sort of say, yeah, okay, there's no need to be like that or something. So it's like they understood it. And I just thought there was like a lot of humor in that. So when we did the podcast one week, I said to Mark, can you make a droid for us? And then I was thinking, what could it do? And I said, maybe it could ask questions for when we have guests on the podcast, because this was early doors before we had any guests. So Mark went away, he made a droid, and it genuinely uses AI to ask the questions. We'll have you on another time and we'll do it properly with the with the robot, we'll do that. But it doesn't speak like, hello, Deliso, here is the next question. It doesn't do that. It talks like a droid. If you listen to a previous episode, you'll hear it. It's more like beeps and blurbs and, you know, yes, and then Mark, yes, Mark translates for it. It does come up with the questions. We don't do that ourselves. That bit's genuine. Uh, but there is a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, smoke and mirrors in between it coming up with the questions and talking a mark asking the question without saying too much that makes sense got you got you got you got you so it does come up with them um but i've done it this week i've done it myself 
Uh, let's start with a very simple one. How are you? How is your week going? It's Tuesday, isn't it? It's Tuesday here. How are you getting it's on? It's Tuesday. Um, it's a very busy week because I have a radio show that I am uh, recording at the end of the month. So this is like writing time. And I always find I'm very different with writing time and performing time. When I'm in writing mode, I'm on Red Bull and I'm reading stuff and I'm antisocial. And when I'm just performing stuff and not in writing zone, I will go out and meet up with people and and sort of just be like a normal human being. Okay. So right now I am the antisocial trying to write two hours of... Co well, I've done the first hour, but trying to write another hour of comedy um, fueled on... Um, performance enhancing substances like caffeine well i feel very honored delisa that we've got you on the podcast today. i mean some people will do anything to get out of writing won't they <laughs> yes but i'll tell you what will help you will help you write if there were no deadlines i wouldn't write it helps to be like ah in two weeks they're going to be recording me i have to say something okay well hopefully during the podcast something will spark something in your brain and you might be able to bring Sparkle. something if if the next episode or you know the next piece of writing you do involves a robot we're all going to know what's happened aren't we <laughs> oh actually you're going to think it, the first episode which has already been recorded was about ai oh okay but it was about dating ai so i dated an ai called forever companion okay for a two weeks and i wrote about what happened it was bonkers these things have got so human I need to listen to that. Is that out yet, that episode, or is that coming out? No, no, so it's going to air in October, but it's it's recorded first week of August. Okay, well, that sounds absolutely brilliant. I'm glad that's gone out, because now I'm not going to think that you stole it from our podcast. <laughs> yes, but I might end up being sued, because the AI company used the voice of a porn star to be your AI voice. Oh. Now, nowhere could I find, and nowhere could the BBC find permission are we allowed to use this voice? And we're like, I guess we are because they don't say we can't, but we could air it and then have like, you know, an AI company and a porn star suing us. They'll be quite funny. Hopefully not. I mean, I guess it would be a good advert for them with it. I mean, I haven't listened to the episode, but do they I come out so. of it well? I think so. Yeah. I think that's a thing. End of the day, it's good advertising. So. I think so. And worst case scenario, what a headline when I get to go out one day and buy a paper and the headline is Deliso sued by porn star. I can't wait for that day. I can't wait to go <laughs> <laughs> to go and buy that. It's going to be brilliant. Um, okay, so you have moved around a lot, okay? I've, that's the thing I've sort of noticed when I was reading back through your bio and stuff like yes. that. And my first proper question to you is, which country, and don't be humble here, which country would you say that you're the most well-known in? Which, which country are you the Malawi. most famous in. in in malawi yeah in malawi my home country okay it's actually a matter of counting how many people don't know me so would you get right. would you get massively recognized there like if you went if you're walking down the street everybody and... knows me everybody knows i love that me. but what you've also got to understand it's not like a tom cruise woo it's more sort of like oh it's him oh it's it's, it's almost like i'm their brother or okay they're their mate who everyone knows okay so like You've got to know there's only one TV channel. And when I was on BGT, they stole the footage, put it on that <laughs> channel. And over the bit which says Britain's Got Talent, someone 
made a little graphic which said Africa's Got Talent. Oh my! <laughs> I love that. Is that true? Did they really do that there to the graphic? Two newspapers. There are two newspapers. I was front page of both newspapers when that was going on. So you've got to understand it's like everybody got involved and everybody knows who I am. When I arrived back 2017 after the final, I went to Malawi. There were people with Deliso t-shirts on at the airport. Oh my there was gosh. like a red carpet. They lost their minds. It was, it was really lovely. But again, it's also not a culture where there's like a fame culture the same as here. So it's not like people are falling over themselves because i'm there it's more just kind of like oh you're that comedian guy the same way they'll be like oh you're the doctor or oh, you're the lawyer okay so everyone knows me but they're not necessarily starstruck there's a small little percentage who are actually super fans the rest just know him as oh he's our comedian guy yeah they're just they're kind of familiar with you like rather than being starstruck they just sort of like i think it's like as if they know you, you know when you run into a radio dj right everybody knows the radio dj Right. It's that level of fame where people know them, but they're not necessarily. Can you sign this? They're more just like, oh, yeah, I know you. I've seen you. But then there are a few who have got a T-shirt made. They, they, they must be pretty big fans. Oh, yes. Those those are huge. fans. <laughs> those are huge super fans. But again, I still wonder how much of that was actual fans and how much of that was goading by my father. Because <laughs> <laughs> my father's a politician. Okay. So as much as stuff happens naturally, he is also known to manipulate things to make it look even bigger. Okay. Wow. I've never, I've never heard of a politician doing that before. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. brilliant. Well, that takes me on nicely to my next oh, question. I'll, Go on. I'll tell you. Go on. I'll tell you a story which no one knows. Let me tell you a story no one knows because because we both did BGT. Did you meet with the press people who check if you've got any scandals? I did, yeah. I probably did it around the same time as you. Like, I remember there was a day when we we had all the contestants together, and they said, "If you've got anything you want to sort of tell the press, go and do it now uh, with the BGT person, and then they can think about how to handle that if that comes out." So we were probably at that same meeting because big load of people at that in a big big space. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now my point is, did you have anything to tell them? The only thing I really said to them is, "This isn't a scoop," was I just said. Um, I used to be in a lot of rock bands and we were quite sort of wild and you know someone potentially could come along yes. and sort of say oh he was in a rock band and they came and played our club and they were like you know a bit rock and roll or whatever you know like nothing really I just said that's the only sort of side of my stuff that you know you wouldn't see that when I was on BGT because obviously I'm a, a comedian now and I do sort of fairly clean comedy so I just I just told them about being in a kind of heavy rock band that was it really what I told them was my father was arrested two months ago, <laughs> right? My father's currently on trial on suspicion of corruption. Okay. His office blew up around a week ago. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just mad. And you could literally see them like they didn't know what I to do. I was just going to say, I they bet they have no idea. They used to, I got naked on a stag do. There was a level of... What, 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 what's going on? What do we do? And I honestly think that if I hadn't had the golden buzzer, they would have just removed me because it was a mess, right? <laughs> because they're like, how do we deal with this? But we can't get rid of him because he's, he's through. And then what saved me was a few years before my father had had a different weird scandal where 
people thought he wanted to ban farting. What? Yes. So if you Google George Chaponda or Malawi farting, you will find loads of stories about George Chaponda, my father, trying to ban farting. And right? how, how did that start? Did someone, someone made that up, did they? So the government at the time were trying to stop people from burning trash in public and burning tires and just sort of... And so they said there's, it releases noxious fumes. And in an interview, someone was like, so you guys don't want noxious fumes? And my dad was like, yeah. And they said, so what about farting? And my dad just said, if you want to fart, go to the toilet. That meant in their head that he wants to ban farting. And it just <laughs> went out of control. Now, when the BGT press office found out about that, they said, if anyone asks you about it, don't deny it. Just say, yes, he did. And what they did was any time that anyone got a sniff of him being arrested, corruption charges, all of the negative stories, they just said, yeah, you know, he's a crackpot. He tried to ban farting. And that was the story. Okay, brilliant. I love the fact that you just said if anyone gets a, got a whiff of as well. Oh, so got brilliant, a whiff. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant exactly. phrasing. Okay, so we, when that was going on, did you, were you, because I didn't know anything about that at the time, were you genuinely worried that that would affect how you did on the show like did, did it, did I was it worry more genuinely you? worried that my dad might be killed in prison or something like that so there was all kinds of stresses going oh, okay on. so there was a more, um, more worried and then about also this. i was genuinely worried when i first told them and i saw them scuttling around that i was like oh i'm off the show right that's really interesting <laughs> i bet they've never had they anyone can't deal with this i bet they've never had nothing like that before no i bet they had no idea but that, it did sound like they had a plan though from what you said that is quite good that they sort of yes, thought well, they that's had what we'll for use x factor they had an x escort wow and they were pretty good about dealing with it but yes mine was a whole new playbook i was going to ask you what was your favorite memory of being on britain's got talent like when we did it it was su it's such a huge thing to go and do isn't it as you as you know to live through so there's a lot more to it than people realize behind the scenes all the yes. admin that we have to do and all the filming and all the stuff like that but i wondered if you just had a moment that like like one of my favorite moments was in between my audition going out and then going back and doing the lives i was going down an escalator in london on the tube so one of those really long ones and as yes. i went down someone just caught my eye and it was like a mum with two kids I think and she just she saw me and she caught my eye she obviously recognized me from being on the show and having seen my audition and she just said she just gave me like a double thumbs up and said really good like brilliant and I just sort of thought oh That's thanks lovely. and then we kind of carried on going different ways and I just remember it that I'd never really had anything like that before so to me that felt like it's like a look like a little mini moment of being well known but also it was just a really nice genuine compliment from lovely. someone mine yeah. was sim mine was again it's 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 a thing not on stage so my family is scattered all around right so at the time i had a dad oh, no, a brother in america yeah brother in south africa brother in the uk my parents in malawi and we would always meet two or three but never all of us. And everybody flew in. Oh, right? brilliant. Everybody flew in. And then down the street from the studio, there was a little Nando's. And we went to that Nando's and all my family were there and we were eating. And also while we we're eating, little kids were just coming to get 
selfies and yeah. stuff. And this is in front of my dad and mom who thought were telling me not to be a comedian. So part of it was great to be with my family, but then there was also their seeing people yeah, come yeah. up and ask. Oh, it was just wonderful. I love that. It was that. wonderful. I'm actually quite good today that I didn't get to come to that Nando's session because I do like a Nando's. That would have... <laughs> yes. I think I would have stood out a bit with you and all of your family. They might have said, oh, maybe he's like the adopted uh, the adopted brother or something like that. Reverse Madonna. Exactly. <laughs> That's really good. Really, really good. I had one once that was so strange where I went to do this show for the forces in the Middle East. So we were we were somewhere like, where were we? We were somewhere like Kuwait or going to Kuwait or somewhere like that. And mm -hmm. we had all this equipment with us. There was like me, a couple of other comedians. There was a guy that was tour managing it, a few a few people. We, we got stuck at a customers trying to get all this equipment through because we had like a kind of mini PA so that we could do the comedy show wherever it was we were going to do and do it. And it all got a bit sort of red tape and a bit stuck and all that. And at one point, the guy that was tour managing just I couldn't quite believe he was doing it because I thought it was like almost going to make things worse but he got his phone out and he showed the guy on the desk a clip of me on Britain's Got Talent and was just pointing at me and saying do you remember this guy or whatever and unbelievable yes. unbelievably he had watched the show he did remember it and he totally let us through like it just it like it did actually open up that a, is a absolutely thing. amazing at the time I just I could not believe that had happened, but more because I didn't even realise that the show was that far-reaching. I've since learnt that they put it out to like a hundred countries or something. It goes, it goes absolutely everywhere. Yeah, you go to Mauritius, and I was in Mauritius for a holiday, and the hotel people were trying to get me to do a show. And you go to, <laughs> and I was like, literally, I'm here to escape comedy, and they're like, you know, we will give you one day free if you just do a little oh, little no. show. For it's funny, show. isn't it? I mean. I'm sure you're the same. We love doing it, but when you're off, you want to be off. I've had it so many times. Like I'll be at like a wedding or something, and someone will just sort of say, "Oh, you know, it's a guitar there. Are you gonna just gonna do a bit or something?" And I just go, "No," because I'm like, I don't. You know, it's like it's like saying, "Oh, there's a computer free there. Are you gonna go and sit down and start doing some accounting for your job or something?" It's like for me. It's slightly different in that I would perform at any moment. I love performing, but I don't want it to be shit. Yeah. Right, and the problem is when it's at a wedding, and they're like, "Oh, grab the mic." It would be shit. It there is. <laughs> you know I mean, like, if ever I'm in a room where there's an actual comedy show on, and they're like, "Oh, we need an extra act," and I'm off, I would jump up because it's it's going to be good. It's more that they always ask you in situations where it would be such a shamble. Nando's. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did do a show for Nando's. I did a show for Nando's staff in a Nando's. Did you get right? did you get one of those and special cards that gives you the unlimited I didn't. Oh. I, I I'm not quite I'm not you know, we are D list celebrities. You need to be like <laughs> B or A to get the black card. Oh, I'm really disappointed <laughs> that they didn't give you that. I'm gonna make a shout out for that right now on this podcast. By the way, this has happened before. We have moaned about things before and got stuff. So I think Deliso needs to have the black card for Nando's. He's performed for the staff in a Nando's and we're doing so much branding on this podcast right now. It's I want so to hear true. I want to hear that they've sent one out to you, mate. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying yes, my best. Please. I'm trying my best. The other one that was good, and we won't stay on BGT for the whole chat, but the other one that you'll like was the year we did it, 2017, I was in Edinburgh and this guy came up to me and he was really Scottish and really scary. He was like 
kind of guy that you might find in the cast of Train Spotting or something. He he looked like he was right. going to take right, me right. apart. And I remember he just I was walking over one of the bridges. He just pointed at me. I try and make this work for radio. He pointed at me and said, "Oi, you!" And I was sort of stopped and went, "Yeah." And then he started bobbing up and down the way I did with Ant and Deck oh, in my audition. Yes. And it was just yes. kind of showing me that he'd see me on the thing. And I had this moment of like, oh, God, thank God. So uh, that was another moment that was very unexpected as well. But um, let's move on from BGT. One of the things yes. I found really interesting about you, Delise, is you say that obviously you love comedy, but you've been more, you've said in other interviews, like you're more influenced or have been more influenced in the past by humorous authors. For example, Roald Dahl. Um, yes. First of all, is that true? Yes, because you see, this was my genesis. I didn't know what stand-up comedy was, right? I'd never seen, I'd seen stand-up without knowing what it was. So when I was young, I watched Delirious and Raw from, of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. But I didn't know it was an art of its own. Okay. He watched that because he was the guy from Coming to America giving a, a one-man play, right? So I didn't know stand-up as a thing, but I loved humor. So I was reading loads of funny stuff, and that's where my sense of humor came from. And by the time I did stand-up for the first time, I had not watched stand-up. Okay, that's really interesting. What was the last book that you read that made you laugh out loud? Um, I would say, huh. Actually, it's interesting. I've not read a funny book in a while. Um, but I would say, if I'm looking for funny, I'll always go to someone like Danny Wallace. His yeah. Oh, wait. Hold on. Um, it's not intentionally funny, but I was reading a book by John Ronson. Oh, yeah. Right? And it had funny moments in it, but it's not a comedy. What was? Which book was that? So it's the psychopath test. Okay. Right? So it's a, a book about him interviewing psychopaths. And it's sometimes unintentionally funny because he's putting himself into these bad situations. So there were some funny moments there. But yeah, in terms of like a comedy book, I've not read one in a while. I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but a book that really made me laugh that I guess it's, it's not a comedy book or I don't think when he tells stories he's necess necessarily trying to do it as an anecdote and a... A funny story a lot of the time but i listen to it in the car because you know driving around a lot doing shows sometimes it's really nice to have like an audio book that you can just stick on when you get back in after a gig or whatever and i was listening to sean Ryder's book which is called how to be a rock star and it's like him taking okay. you through all the steps of you know how to start a band what to call it getting a manager getting a record deal all the rest of it and i think it's very candid and it's very true but what i found really funny about that was how out of control he and Bez were and the Happy Mondays but also how most of the stories just sound so out there and so ridiculous and whatever but yeah he doesn't really tell them in a way of like a lot of people would you know as, oh, listen to this thing that happened this time and I'll tell you this you know hilarious thing it's more just matter of fact you know and it's the way that he would just tell you something that went on back in the day but I will be howling at it in the car. You know, I'd be, I would be absolutely laughing my head off. Like a, a good one was where he was staying in a hotel near an arena they were playing. And he told the hotel they should get some extra security in because after the show, word would get around that the band was staying there and the fans would come to the hotel 
and he was saying you cannot let the Happy Mondays fans come into this hotel or in the bar they'll, they'll yes. you know they'll, they will like be like locusts they will trash the place and the guy that ran the hotel would say oh no it's fine we've had everyone stay here we've had the who stay here and Rolling Stones and all the rest of it and Sean Ryder was saying you don't understand the Happy Mondays fans is a different breed you need to get a load of people on the door right they didn't do anything they didn't listen and he said after the show everybody went to the hotel and he said they shut the bar you know with those shutters they put the shutters down yes. on the bar he said the fans put the shutters back no. up again yeah he said there was no. cabinets with trophies in from manchester football things or something like that they got into the cabinets they were like everyone they were taking like the silverware from the cabinet he said they did a huge amount of damage afterwards the hotel tried to like invoice the happy mondays and kind of bill the happy mondays yeah. for all this damage that's happened and they were stood there saying we came to you and told you this would happen we warned you let the dancing begin it's about the middle of the podcast about the middle of the podcast and if you like it you can help us out it's so easy to help us out like and subscribe to our show like and subscribe to our show but you know what's interesting like when you asked me the last thing that made me laugh i couldn't think of one quickly because i don't know if you're like this because my life is comedy writing jokes going to shows, watching shows, performing shows. That's my job. Since becoming a comedian, I watch and read a lot less humor than I used to. Yeah. Now, if I'm relaxing, I will watch like a sci-fi drama, historical drama. While pre-comedy, I probably would watch comedy. But now it's like it's yeah. the job. A hundred percent. So, I mean, it takes a lot for me to put a comedy on because it is a bit like going back into the workspace. So, for example people always telling me to watch Taskmaster, Would I Lie to You, all this kind of shows. I have watched those shows. They are great shows. But what would happen if I sat down to watch one of an evening is I would see somebody on it I know. I start telling my wife about, oh, I know that act. And then I did this gig with them or whatever. And before I know it, I'm just thinking about work and what I've got coming up and whatever. Exactly. And then also the other problem is you have to choose the episodes you watch of those because you can only watch it and enjoy it if everybody on the panel has been decent to you. Yeah, there's that part because of it as well. Because if one person's been horrible to you backstage, you can't watch that episode. It, it's just, it, it's tainted. I, t I tend to go for stuff that feels really a step apart from it. So, for example, I would love to watch something like Arrested Development or I would okay. watch... Um, always sunny in philadelphia or something like that that felt like i'm not going to bump into any of those guys soon having said that the guy from always sunny in philadelphia is in wrexham a lot isn't he for that football team you know he's yeah. like co-managing that so I that's, ran that's into, changed but so i i ran into a uh, there's a purpose to this anecdote so i ran into um simon helberg from big bang theory okay right uh, in Rwanda, of all places, right? <laughs> and had a lovely conversation with him for a few hours um, about comedy and stuff like that. It was really great, right? Um, fancy hotel, lovely discussion. When I came back, I was yelled at for not getting a selfie. 
By right? who? And I think there's an interesting thing. Well, by both my agent and a young friend, like a friend in their 20s, okay. right? Because especially my young friend in the 20s, they were horrified. And I think there's this interesting thing because we will meet semi-famous people all the time. You yeah. know, like you'll do a gig with like an Ed, Eddie Izzard or something like that. And there's a certain generation who are like, you have to take selfies. And I, I to me, it seems almost impolite to go out of that moment yeah. to be like, hey, let it's different if it happens organically, like you're out and you take a picture because you're the be But when it's like, I want to take a picture for social media, I would never do that. I but totally get that. I, I think before I was a comedian and did comedy, I would have been a bit more shameless about it. Although I had a bad experience with I was in I was in Harrods. Not that I shop in Harrods, but I went before I lived in London, I went to Harrods to sort of experience it and to go in and, and see what it's like and just basically have a look at it. And I was going up an escalator and in front of me, I noticed there was a guy and he had like an earpiece in. And then in front of him, there was another one with an earpiece in. And I thought, oh, they're perhaps security. And then when we got to the top of the escalator, they all peeled off and it was a whole load of security. But in the middle of the security was Nicolas Cage. And I thought, wow. Yeah, I thought, wow, Nicolas Cage. And it was about the time. You know of... what? At that level, I would ask. Well, the, well, let me tell you the story first. And you, then you can make your yeah, mind up. Yeah, tell me the story. Maybe I, I won't now. <laughs> I thought to myself, I've got to ask for his autograph. Because at the time it was, he, I mean, he's still big now. Obviously, he's a huge star. But yes. at the time it was it was when things like Con Air were in the cinema and stuff. You know, he wow. was, a, he so was, this was massively current. And I managed to scrape around in my bag and find a bit of paper and a pen and whatever. And. I went over to him and said, I don't think I've told this on a podcast before either. I said, is there any chance I could just get your autograph? You know, I was just, I was just really quiet and quick like that. I didn't make a fuss. Um, he just turned away from me without saying anything and just walked and his security just sort of put a hand on me and moved me out of the oh. way. And that was it. He didn't even acknowledge me. I think I would have preferred it if he'd said, fuck off, I'm trying to shop or something yes. like that. He yes, just turned so away terrible. and walked away. And I, I oh. really felt quite um, let down by that. I sort of thought I really you had that thing of so like. so bad. Like actually, yeah. I, I have been in the presence of people who are famous and are good with their fans and people who are famous and are bad with their fans. And that's always made me realize I will have all the patience in the world yeah. for anyone who stops me. Because it's so bad. It's so, oh, they're so excited. You know, I was that thing is like, oh, I mean, I, I that's that's so disappointing. <laughs> I just kind of wandered off from that. But, you know, like that kind of classic thing where people, you know, if a, if, if a celebrity is like sort of snotty with them, the classic thing is like the, the person would kind of go, you know, we put you where you are. You know, don't forget the fans. We kind of made yes. you, you know, that kind of thing. I did yeah. feel like that because I thought I've been going to the cinema and seeing these films. I bought a ticket. I'm I'm paying in, man. I'm part of like helping, you know, I'm part of your, you know, your, where it all comes from. Like I'm generating this, this so thing true. for you. Yeah, and very much so. It's also, I'll tell you the other reason why you realize you should do it. Like there'll be like a time when I took a photo with someone. Yeah. Right. And then in a week, you are on social media and you see they've written like three paragraphs about meeting you. Yeah. Like it, it meant to you, it was just, but they're like, oh, I stayed and I chatted to him and he ran. And you're just like, it's so, it takes so little effort and it means so much to them 
that I don't now at the same time I've never had every human being approach me. Yeah, right? I, I'm sure For it was be... maybe three people a day, and maybe your relationship to it changes when it's everybody. I'm sure but it does. I still think that. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I think the thing I didn't like though was. There's just no acknowledgement. Like, I think if he'd said, yes. no, I'm he not doing autographs, I, would, I think, you know, I probably would have been like, okay, he's, a, he's just a cool guy. He's, a, he's an A-list celeb. Yeah. He don't want to do it, fair enough. But it was, the, it was the sort of slow turning of the head. You won't go see this on the audio version of this, but it's basically just being blanked, like properly, properly blanked by Nicolas Cage. Oh. Uh, oh. The only thing, I, I guess, the only saving grace was that I wasn't with anyone else. They didn't see it, but I have just told it on the podcast because I thought you would enjoy hearing it. But yeah, having heard that, if you see him, I don't know, man. You know, I don't know whether you want to go for it or not. Maybe you might get away with it. You might get the you might get the selfie. I don't know. <laughs> I think that I would be starstruck. So what I found out is when it's comedians, I'm not starstruck because I feel like I'm like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I can meet Chris Rock and I'm not starstruck. Yeah. But if I meet the equivalent level of fame, musician or f movie star, I can't, I, I, I would be unable to formulate my thoughts properly. Yeah, I'm a big Queen fan. And once when I was in London, I walked out, I walked past We Will Rock You, the musical, and Brian May just walked out as I walked past. And I had a moment, I'd had a few drinks as well. And I thought, I'm not going to talk to him because I thought it's not going to go well. I'm either going to say a sort of boring, everyone said it thing, and he's going to think, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you like my music and my band. Or I'm going to try and be the guy that doesn't do what everybody does and tries to be a bit sort of like chilled out and sort of like, hey, Brian, how's it going? <laughs> Over familiar. Wouldn't it be hilarious if there's some superstar who no one approaches because everyone thinks that and he's just like no one loves me and everyone's just like no 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 I don't want I don't want to approach that guy that's great yeah I, maybe maybe so yeah I just I just walked on by I, I think that was the right thing to do I, di I didn't wake up the next day and regret it I think I'd have regretted it if I'd annoyed Brian May a little bit and I right I just decided yeah. to to kind of keep him the way I kind of perceive him you know and, and I'm the it's same also, it's difficult if it's your actual hero someone yeah. you actually love because like if someone you actually love is rude to you exactly you won't want to listen to the music you won't want to read the book it's too important i think do you know what i mean like i do know um, and someone who's a star but is not like my i'm not the biggest fan of them there's not as much stakes yeah i think that was probably deep down a little bit of why i walked past as well so i think i perhaps thought that i think i perhaps maybe i'd learned from the nicholas cage incident <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah so delisa you're not in you're not in edinburgh right because obviously we're just doing this remotely no 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 thankfully i'm not i will say whenever i'm not in edinburgh i do feel a little bit of uh oh i should be up there you know i, I i'll read the stories and i'll read people going on and part of me thinks i should be there but for many reasons, I realize it doesn't work for me. Like right. I am an entertainer, quote unquote, right? So I will smash a gig, right? Which to me is all that you need to do. I will make people laugh for as long as I am in front of them. That's my job. But I feel like Edinburgh, the people who thrive and do well, it's you also make them cry or you also make them think about 
existence or something like that. And I'm not that kind of comic. I am the, you know, the only festival I fit in is just for last festival because it's essentially saying we are only interested in the last. We're not trying to be deep. And I, I, the times I've done Edinburgh, when I've looked at reviews and stuff like that, I've always felt frustrated because I'm like, hey, the crowd were laughing to the point of tears. Yeah. But my show is lesser because it's not got this kind of make you cry moment. And so because I've realized that, I, I try not to go because I don't ever want to care. You know what I mean? Like when I'm on tour, I don't care about what the reviewers say and stuff like that because my fans are there and yeah. they love the show. Yeah. You know? I think of, of everything you said today, that is the one thing that I 100% can relate to. I totally agree with that. I've had a good time there. I think I've kind of made the same, I've come to the same conclusion, exactly the same as what you've just said. And I find it frustrating because I think that is what we're there to do, to go on and be funny. Um, and I understand how it works. I understand you see certain shows that get all the heat, but like it's frustrating on the other side of it where post Edinburgh, you'll play a club and yeah. somebody who's done well at Edinburgh has just been stuck in the mix on the bill. And you've got people who go out and smash it like yourself. And then you've got an act that was a bit of a sort of darling of Edinburgh, but actually yeah. isn't quite so good on a Friday night, you know, in Cardiff with 400 people when 50 of them are a stag do or whatever. And I'm not saying you, you have to be a comedian that can play to that but style, but it's frustrating if you see, you know, a, an, in a regular comedy club, an act that's struggling to yes. just go on and, and do stand up. But yet well, they're I kind of winning the all the things. Is- with comedy, we don't have what they have with movies, right? So with movies, you either go to Fast and the Furious or Schindler's List. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you choose what you're going to go to. Yeah. Those are very different comedy. No, very different movies. <laughs> the thing which happens, <laughs> the thing which happens in stand-up is they will put Schindler's List on after Fast and the Furious on the same bill. Yeah. It, it's absurd. It's yeah. just comedy. Yeah. But there's different kinds of comedy. And there's that comedy, which is great. And I've seen people who are great at it, where it's about making you cry and stuff. But again, that should not be on the same bill. And also, it should be evaluated separately. I always feel it's weird. Like, you can't tell me who's a better comedian between like someone like Michael McIntyre and someone like, um, you know, Stuart Lee. They're doing an entirely different yeah, thing. it's a different art form, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And going back to BGT, that's the ultimate of a tricky thing to put next to each other. Because like you're saying, there's different types of comedy, but they put them all together. And, you know, sometimes it's very difficult to make that work. But like at BGT, you could be following anything you could be coming out after i actually begged them to change the order and they did so i was on after a guy who was singing um and i think a parent or it it was someone had died he was singing about someone who had died right and i went to them and i said comedy cannot follow that right but the way i said it was it's actually disrespectful right because he'll have brought up a really sad thing yeah and then i'm going to 
be silly. I think it's actually disrespectful for me to go on after him. And because I phrased it like that, they changed the order. Because um, I, I don't think... Was that, the, was that for your audition? No, no, that was semi... No, audition, you have no power. Like, oh. um, what's this? I think it was the semi-final. Oh, okay. The semi-final. That's where I went wrong yeah. then, Delisa. That's what I should have done. I'll tell you where I actually think you went wrong. I've thought this for years. I've thought this for years. Now oh, this, this... You have no idea. Because we were in competition. The song which I think you should have done at the semi-final was the song you do at the beginning of sets where you make people make animal noises and things like that, right? Because you could have got the judges making it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Simon would refuse at first, then eventually he'll do it. It would have been insane. It would have been insane. Well, do you know what, Delisa? I know. Why, why, why you is... didn't take me to one side and tell me that at the time, I don't we know. We were in competition. <laughs> well, no, but also I didn't know what you were going to do. And then the other thing I thought, and again, it's I think they overproduced you. Because that song, the triangle song, works really well. But it's it works well because you bring someone on and it's kind of yeah. like, you know, it's yeah. kind of human. Like the way, like your up and down thing. It doesn't work with stars and dancers. And, uh, I, I think it was, I was a good, like, I think is... it was a good lesson for me, actually, because that yeah. song is, is a real killer live. So like, say, for example, mm -hmm. we're in festival season. I've done loads of really great festivals this summer i've done loads and if it's gone if it's gone great and i'm thinking right i'm gonna do like one sort of big thing to finish i'll definitely do the triangle rap because yes. i'll get someone up to do it who's you know i've met during the set we'll play the track loud yeah. we'll get the whole tent involved and all the rest of it it's brilliant exactly so i think i the lesson that i learned was that there's a real cross there's a real sort of change over from live to tv and i just hadn't experienced that before what you did, which was so brilliant, and I've said this to loads of people since 2017, is you made it look like you'd just gone on and just having a chat and just telling some funny stuff and just being yourself, whatever. And I know how hard that was for you to do that, but you made it look, you kept it so simple, so pure. It's just you coming out and just doing your material and doing your stuff without any razzmatazz and you know any anything like that i said and it was, no to the it razzmatazz actually it was brilliant they designed this thing for me with like stars and things in the background and i said no we yeah. can't have that yeah and the way i persuaded them was i said if you can find any live at the polo any special of any comedian where the background is moving i'll agree with you yeah and they couldn't find one because it's distracting you just yeah you got it right you got it right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, part of it for me was because once you're through and you know you've got the production and the full might of ITV to to do what you yes, want. That's amazing. I also just got totally carried away. So, for example, when they were saying, "What do you want it to look like?" I'd seen something at I think the Brits or something. Who was it that did it? Um, might have even been. Oh, who was it that did it? Maybe Kanye West. Someone did something with like a big mob of people and they all had hoodies on and there was they had like fire yes, and that's Kanye that's Kanye I've so seen that I it's just, amazing I showed, it's amazing I showed them that you, you watched you watched the triangle thing again sometime on YouTube and, and remember me telling you this that's why right, I showed yeah. them because I just got I just got really carried right. away and then I'd also yeah. seen that Eminem had done this thing I think he went on Radio 1 and he had a band with him so he was rapping he was doing his thing but he had a band I thought oh, that looks really cool so I added that in as well and <clears throat> so right, I've got the, you. the blame is not I've fully with them you know like 
I was, I definitely was thinking, just going to blow a bit of budget here. Let's see, let's, let's see what let's we can do. Let's jazz this up. Let's jazz this up. But I think up. what got lost, what got lost in the translation there was the comedy. And I think that you know, if I do it yes. at a festival. I'm just literally getting somebody up. We've got the track, but really I need to make it work as a live set piece. And I do, I make that work. On the TV show, you're sat at home watching it. You're going, right, what's this comedian got for me? What's going to happen? Probably wasn't the right choice. I, I'll admit that. I've, I, when Simon said to me after my semi-final, he sort of said, it wasn't great. And after I came off, because uh, obviously that's, I, that was when I went home at that point, people sort of said, oh, yeah. you know, how, oh, I thought he was, I, was yeah, I thought he was quite tough on you or you know expecting me i think to be kind of cross with simon cowell or sort of or sort yeah. of uh, i actually thought he was kind of spot on like that's why I, at the time i didn't really react too much i sort of said i said i can't even remember what i said but i basically thought in my head when he said it, i thought i can't really argue with that like i think he's kind of said right. this wasn't right not done the right thing with that you know and i just sort of thought well fair enough you live and learn and i, I think when i came off have the show have you seen him since have you seen him since no, I haven't seen him since. Okay, right. No, because I've seen him at um, his has these summer parties. Okay, right. And so I've gone to two of them. And when I met him, it's really funny because he remembers me, but he messes up the details a bit. Okay. And so, but it was it was really funny though because I'm not going to argue with him, right? So so he's telling me things I did which I didn't do but I was like yes that's me yes that's me <laughs> it's just kind of merged me could with another comedian could you work Doesn't out matter. could you work out who he was getting mixed up with well no no well it's he thought I came second which was great so it was an upgrade there right <laughs> but then also I think that there must have been another comedian's joke because he was saying you talked about and I was like, I didn't talk about that. I couldn't figure out who he thought, but I liked that he was trying to remember me. And yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Listen, before before we wrap this, um, you've just mentioned your radio show. What what else have you got coming up? What what's what's next for you? So I've got Citizen of Nowhere, my radio show coming up. I've got um, on my YouTube channel. I'm releasing a special. Okay, um, great. It is a crazy year when I've released three specials. So I've got one special on. ITVX, a different one on Next Up, and then another one which is going to be on YouTube, which is just maybe seem absurd, but it's because of the pandemic, right? So there was too much stuff which had been created, and it was like, what do I do? Should I okay. release it slowly over the years? But I was like, no, let's just burn it all now because I'll be writing different stuff next year. So yeah. um, all my pandemic shows are on platforms essentially okay yeah. brilliant well that's that's that's, that's, that's something to look forward to and I'm, I'm thank you so much for coming on and doing this today i'm sorry that we've done it in a slightly different way but i think it's been absolutely this brilliant is good. this is cool it's been so no I'll problem dropbox it to you yeah and if you'd like to at some point in the future we'll do one where we'll get you on with the robot with the robot of course fantastic <laughs> fantastic this was lovely this was just a chat yeah i like i like podcasts where it's just a chat exactly and it's really nice to chat to you properly because we we've always got on and we always have a nice time when we gig together but normally it's a quite a short bit of time when we'll chat yes. because one it's of like us will be about to go on stage minutes and someone's running off and yeah. then dashing off so exactly it's, yes. so it's nice to actually sort of have a bit of a block of time together but i've really enjoyed it yes send me the audio and Look after yourself, man. I'll see you on the circuit or at one of your shows. I'll see you out there. Okay, fantastic, man. All Excellent. right, take good care. Bye-bye. 
but we'll give it a go. So hit the button and subscribe. We're just getting started, don't be shy. We'll be back soon, more to share. Join us for the ride if you dare. That's it for now, we'll see you soon for another episode coming to you.